Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most watched, underwatched podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. Welcoming the man, the myth, the legend himself. The man who has once wore a Santa Claus costume to the gym to deadlift 500 pounds. How you doing, Austin? They're good, man. You're hyping me up a little too much. Not, <laughs> the numbers aren't that high these days. <laughs> you and me both. I know. It's life kicks here, right? Yeah, man. What? Oh my God. Yeah, so, good times. The pandemic gives you a little chance to come back at it, train hey. a little differently. You know. I see people losing weight. Uh, I can't see the same. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I've lost so much weight, man. I probably lost like 25, 30 pounds. But, Gee, you know, really, that much? Yeah. Wow. You know what? Though today, today was the first day I I worked out. I, I came back because I've had like a bunch of injuries. So um, coming back to it today was like the first day got cleared. So I'm looking forward to hopping back into it. Man, the gym, thank God, is open. I mean, I, I didn't really gain weight, but it was just it was just hard to work out at home. Oh, my God. Brutal. Yeah, Mur- Murphy still got them closed over here. We got we all, everything. Everything is uh, well, it's starting to open up, phase back in, but the gyms are definitely a no-go. It's a lot of con- germ contamination, you know? Yeah. I understand where, I understand where they're coming from. It is, it's, it's a whole mess. Uh, you know what? Since, since we're already talking about it, um, let's talk about that. Um. What, what is your thoughts about it? Uh, I know I did a podcast episode uh, recently about it, but I know a lot of people think this is a sham. People still think it's a sham and that it's, uh, it's just a way for the government to keep people cook, uh, you know, cooked up at home. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think COVID's a sham by any means. Like, it's not a it's not fake. I don't, I th- I don't think that I haven't heard many people say it's, I mean, I've heard like crazy, crazy conspiracy theories where it's fake. I mean, you're always going to have some crazy conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's deadly. It's a deadly virus. I don't, I, I, again, I don't agree that it's like a flu. Do I think, do I think media hypes it up? Yeah. I think media hypes it up to a certain degree. I think media hypes up everything to a certain degree. That being said, I think you need to take care and caution to, to what you do. I think particularly people in, in power and positions of power need to recognize that, you know, they're there to protect and serve the people. So one thing that I didn't really like and I don't like right now with the whole COVID situation, particularly dealing with, you know, going to Bonaventure and listening closely to Cuomo, um, living in Jersey, so listening closely to Murphy. A lot of things that I lacked, well, I thought was lacking was the clarity of the information. So I didn't really hear much about like specific numbers that they were looking at. And it would have been nice to see or hear something along those lines. Because, you know, as you know, you went to you went to Bonaventure. So Olean's a very small town. Like it, it comprises of a lot of small businesses. You know, the infection rate, not necessarily that high there, right? Um, that right. doesn't mean you don't do anything. But I think a lot of people, what they're upset about is the lack of information coming to them about, okay, these are the steps to open based on these numbers, right? Um, right? Right now, it kind of seems arbitrary. And again, I don't agree with with the whole Florida, Texas opening up just haphazardly. You're seeing a spike of numbers again. Um, it's, it's a tricky subject, man. And it's it's all, it's it's what the government does. You know me, I'm, I'm a little bit of a believer of smaller government, but uh, I do believe that the government should be stepping into a certain degree. It just depends on 
uh, had an interesting conversation today. It depends on the tolerance to death, which is a sad thing. Um, what is our tolerance to death comparatively to how is the economy doing? It's a hard to it's a hard question to weigh that out. No one really has the right answer. Um, right. So I, I get, and you can go into, you know, what the federal government's doing comparatively with the state government's doing. I personally believe that you know state government should have a lot bigger of a say of what how they run their state and how they open their state, and the federal government should just be there back them more so than us looking at the federal government for guidance because you know Iowa is way different than New York City, so it's right. it's it's a different game you're playing. Um, and you know, not I'm. The task force, you know, they might be good, they might be bad, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I don't think they have enough manpower to be able to handle, like, looking at each individual state there, 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 and coming up with some, some guidelines. So, right. that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky situation. I, I said this before, I think the problem becomes, uh, you know, when, when this whole thing started, everybody said, Oh, you know, the Trump and the government have to do better. You know, they, they should have put us in lockdown faster. And then what happened? He said, all right, you know what? We're going to let the states handle it themselves because people were complaining that he was enforcing, uh, he was yeah. forcing, you know, states to abide by the rules. And then look what happened after that. They complained that, you know, he wasn't doing enough. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta take what Trump says with a grain of salt. Even being a Trump supporter, you gotta, I'm not saying I am, but like I'm even, some of those guys are so entrenched in like the Trump movement that they have no room to critique something or someone. And I think that that's important to be a politician is to say, Hey, like we, we did certain actions and all I'm looking for is the acknowledgement of what they did. Acknowledgement of maybe we made a mistake, maybe we didn't make a mistake and then go from there. I'm not expecting everyone to be perfect. I'm just expecting there to be some type of logic I can follow. Right. That's all I'm right. really looking for. Um, and the results can speak for themselves and based on what you do with those results, you know? Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I think everybody kind of has their opinions about COVID at this point, but I wanted to really talk about something that has been going around lately and very uh, controversial uh, because a lot of people are on the fence about this. Uh, the Rashard uh, Brooks shooting, the Wendy yeah. murder. Um, yeah. I watched a video. I'm, I, I'm sure you watched a video. Um, and, but, you know, before I give my opinion about it, uh, what was your take on it? You know, especially with the cop now being charged with felony murder, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. So I think in order to really appreciate what happened, you have to look at the history of the cop. And for what I've been told the, the cop has actually had some complaints, but in the past, um, where he pulled out a gun on, on people you know driving whether it be good or not good i know the, the the attorney general who or the district attorney whoever's charging the cop right now with murder actually cleared the cop of a prior conviction i think a couple weeks before a couple days before something something crazy like that so it, again like it, it, the blame i like goes on both sides in this situation right like right you can't like i from what i've been told and maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong from what i've been told the guy um, was under the influence of something. From the video, it seemed like he struggled. In it, I know when I was looking it up in Georgia, a taser is technically considered a deadly weapon. Um, that all being said, obviously, shooting someone in the back, not acceptable, right? Right. Uh, was it... You're, it's hard for me to say, was that race motivated? I don't, I don't particularly think so, right? Um, 
I think this is again more of a case of police brutality. Police education is needed. Um, but I think I, I, again, I don't think it, this particular instance was really a case of police brutality. It just happened to be a black man who was killed, right? right. Um, I mean, if you can again show me, if you can show me like some clear hard proof that this guy was like, you know, that's a black guy, I'm going to shoot him. Um, then I'm like, again, like I'm completely on your side. I, 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 racism has no part in our just in their justice system whatsoever. You know, especially me being a person of color, I, and you being a person of color, I think we can both agree that race shouldn't have any take whatsoever, right? Growing up in Olean, I'm sure you had your your fair instances with the police, so you know how how race can play a factor in in targeting people. And I don't disagree that it's it's, it's out there. I, I do think it's out there. Just yep. this, this case. Was this, is this case racial motive? That's the first question that needs to be asked. Right. I, it's funny you mentioned the the only and then the police thing. You know, I, one of the things I always said was uh, I've never had a bad experience with police, believe it or not, even though yeah. I am a big, dark, chocolate man, of course. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a bad interaction with them. You know, yeah, I've done some stupid things uh, in high school. Uh, but most of the time, it's always been uh, respect, polite, and... Uh, I, I'm not going to say that uh, just because I've never had a bad experience uh, that uh, other people haven't, because I know my brothers have had, you know, uh, bad experiences with police. One thing I do want to say, though, regarding this case, and I think uh, what's happening and and why people are saying that because he was a black man, he ended up getting shot is because we're on the heels of George Floyd, which is, I mean, a tragic thing. Yeah, Uh, what a video, man. What a terrible video to watch. Yeah, it's sickening like uh and i again though like you you have to look at the at the, the facts of the case and say was this racially motivated and i i don't know like i mean i haven't i haven't looked too deep into the history of the like i know the cop himself um was a little bit sketchy i've heard i've heard different accusations flying around uh could be racially motivated it absolutely could be i'm not saying it's not um and things like that can happen i i but you know one thing i really disagree with um, is the is the idea that you know the police are just as racist as they were like 10, 15, 20 years ago, man. Like, yes, racism I think is still lingering within the system. I, I'm sure you've watched um, a couple Ben Shapiro's videos of. Oh yeah, you know, and and to a certain degree, honestly, like I disagree with him in the fact that like he says, point me to an instance of of institutional racism and I'll, and I'll protest it with you. And I think what that argument really does miss is that sometimes that racist act or sometimes these racist people are not that overt. They may not that out of that overt or maybe it's, it's their overt, overt, but it's, it's too late. Someone's ended up dead. Right. It's right. really, hard to, it's really hard to fix that. I, and, and I mean, I have several ideas of how to fix the, the police problem now, but, um, again, George Floyd, um, uh, terrible thing that happened something needs to happen something needs to be fixed but you know the response is the response the response i'm also sticking with to be quite frank with you the response is was is crazy to me you know yeah i i uh so you know one of the things i did over the last couple days was i was watching a bunch of videos and like you said you know you want to be open-minded so you try to see both sides of the argument uh but stephen crowder he he did a recent um a video for his YouTube channel and he talked about the officer in question uh, being charged with felony murder and one of the things 
uh, he said was, you know, we're jumping, you know, through hoops and bounds now, charging him with felony murder. And it wasn't, you know, premeditated. You know, it was just a simple fact. And it's unfortunate uh, that he was a black man. But, you know, uh, he grabbed the taser and apparently assaulted the cops. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's something to be said that did they have to shoot him dead? No, I mean, but at this, at the same time, you know, it's easy for us to say, you know, uh, as people who weren't in that situation, what you would have done, because yeah. if you're, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You don't know if, if he takes you, you know, if he run you over, or, you know, he yeah. pulls out a gun out of his car, you never know. So, and that's no way saying that what they did was right. But yeah. I think you have to be open-minded about this and realize like, okay, yeah, cops are, you know, trained to handle certain situations, but you know, you, you have a, a guy who, you know, assaulted a police officer and stole his taser and and now you know they're chasing him so what do you do i mean well yeah, to your it's... point and to your point like the one thing that is one of the most scary things to me and i don't think many people are talking about it is like you you said that they kind of rushed to get a charge out right and so in my mind well let me preference this is like the american justice system it has its flaws right i believe obviously every justice system has some type of flaws because it has kids corrupt people what have you I think one of the beautiful things about America so far is that you're innocent until proven guilty. And what scares me the most is the, the, the quickness of how the charges were put and how close they are to what actually was happening. What I mean by that is, are the charges that are levied right now, are they, are they actually warranted? Was it premeditated? Or is, are these charges put there to appease a crowd? And that's a scary, scary thing to me. To sit back and say like, okay, like I thought the justice system itself was supposed to be somewhat unbiased, right? And say like, we're not supposed to listen to outside sources. We're supposed to look objectively at certain facts and charge you objectively based on those facts. And so I think it's a very slippery road to say, okay, like the people, the you know, the, the population is very mad at someone or something that would happen. We just want to levy some charges at them to appease the crowd. And I think that, that's a really dangerous road to go down. And I'm getting like, it, I'm not saying that the, these charges aren't warranted. They could be, they could not be. We'll, we'll, time will tell as, as evidence comes out. Just It's just something to think about in the back of your mind. Both Democrats and Republicans should be thinking about this. Um, it's not, you know, I'm more than willing to call out, you know, Republicans as well as Democrats when I see, okay, um, maybe a breach of law, a breach of some type of you know precedent has been done um rather than just listen to an appeasement of a crowd i think it's it's scary it's it's, it's very scary yeah it's uh one of the biggest issues and you touched on it uh really good was uh the fact that people are rushing uh to get charges out which I, you know i understand especially with this climate you know on the heels of george floyd and the divide with the people and the police i completely understand that you know people want justice but I think felony murder might be too uh, too harsh. And again, you know, some people might say, you know what, they shot him dead. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why they couldn't, you know, find another way to, uh, you know, apprehend him. And that's yeah. a reasonable, you know, argument too. And that's not denying that. I just think that we have to look at both sides of it. I mean, you know, you, you have a guy who, you know, assaulted you and, now you're left in a situation where you could try to apprehend him and you get tased or you can, you're going to get more assaulted. And apparently he was chasing him. Um, so it's, 
it's one of those things where I think we have to take a step back and really evaluate everything. And one of the things too uh, about this was I was watching a DJ Vlad video, Lord Jamar, and one of the things he said was he never takes anything on face value because you know he feels like, especially with the movement now, you know, the Black Lives Matter, uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter stuff, and the George Floyd thing, is that he feels that like. Uh, this could be a conspiracy theory in his own right, but he thinks that the government is cooking up, you know, things to, uh, to, you know, riot people, especially because people are all cooped up at home. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so you never know what actually really happened. You know, a lot more could have happened that night than people are letting on. And so that's, that's another, you know, interesting take about it. Yeah. And, and to your point, like you, you were just saying about, you know, trying to find ways to apprehend him. And again, I think that's a little scary. You should be more looking at, okay, this is actually what happened. This is what we can charge him with instead of, okay, let's try and find some charges to hit him with, to stick him with. That way we get him, you know? Um, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's iffy, it's, it's dangerous, and, you know, you might be following a particular moral code to do that, but you have to look at the long-term picture. What type of press are you setting doing that? Um, you're opening up all kinds of venues. It's just something to think about too. Like it's, again, I don't want to say that for this, I'm not talking about this particular case, but just in general, it's just something that people have to think about that people are very hypocritical when it comes to, you know, their person in power, their person or their topic at, at hand. And, you know, sometimes they give more leniency to that comparatively to something that they're against. Right. I think, and it's all, again, it's hard to, to not be biased when you're, especially today, day and age, uh, when people are so, you know, attached, emotionally attached to their cause, and that's a good thing. Like people, it's it's it. People are getting are trying to get educated. I think um, maybe in the right, maybe in the wrong ways, but at least people are trying. It's certainly better than that it was a couple of years ago, where you know no one even knew what the, who the Secretary of State was. You know, 10, 15 years ago, no one knew. I couldn't no even one, tell you. Exactly, no one knew who the Attorney General is. Like I think it's 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 one of those things that. Um, you have to look at the positives, what you're getting out of it. Every, everything you have to look at, what you're, what the positive you're getting out of this. So those are one of the, that's one of the positive things. At least people are getting at least more active. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you. Uh, so, have you been following like the the uh, the news lately about you know the two Hollywood actors that were uh, you know recently accused of uh, sexual assault and rape? Justin Bieber was one of them, right? Yeah, I just heard. I found that out today. That was a surprise. That's it's crazy. Uh, again, like you have to. They could have done it. Like you never know. But I, I remember actually. I, I don't know about the second actor. I know the first actor or the first um, celebrity, Justin Bieber. I remember seeing that today, and he came out with a stack of documents of like receipts, text messages, emails saying where he was. And that's good, man. Like you, it's it's scary today's uh, like cancel culture. Um, quickly even if you didn't do anything wrong you know your career could be over it's just the accusation out there and um that's that's again one of those dangerous roads you need to go down uh way out and say okay like you know is this is this something you want to do are we throwing the the justice system the due process out the window um and even though we might get might not get charged in court, might not get charged, might not get sick, his life is over. I, you know, it's one of those things to think about. Yeah, uh, one of the things I've noticed too, especially with these new cases, especially Justin Bieber, is that people are rushing to get them canceled. 
Um, yeah. And I, I, I firmly agree, you know, where our rights is, you're innocent to proven guilty. You're not guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, and that's why a lot of people are, I won't say against, because obviously, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of people who are accused uh, end up being uh, convicted. But a lot of people just don't like the fact that they're just rushing and, you know, to, you know, prosecute people over, you know, allegation with no evidence and no proof. I mean, I think a lot of this is coming from a good place, too. I don't think, I, I think most of our politicians, our leaders, our people are, aren't, aren't looking at different things and saying, oh, man, we want to really screw someone over. We really want to, you know, levy a charge that's false against them. I think people are trying to act within um, their own moral code. And I, I think that's, it's something to at least be appreciated of, right? Um, I just think it's really hard to control biases, uh, and that's something that everyone should be aware of uh, and strive to work. Uh, you know, the people have whether it comes to racism, whether it comes, it comes to cancel culture, whether it comes to politicians. Um, it's it's one of those things where you know you are you have to be aware that you are emotionally attached to something. You know, I'm emotionally attached to certain ideas and beliefs, but you have to be open-minded to changing those based on what's set in front of you. Um, rather than saying, let's just ignore the, the, the facts that have come across, which actually reject some of these charges or reject some of these ideas, and you're just going to throw them out the window because they don't fit uh, your idea. Like, I, I will tell you that, you know, I've had ideas um, and maybe political beliefs um, that have changed over the time. Like America's changed over the last 25 years that I've been alive. Why wouldn't my politics change, right? Um, right. I was, you know, maybe I was a little more hard right on certain ideas. Um, and they've completely changed based on who I've talked to and based on experiences I've had. And it's the same way with some of the left ideas I've had. I've had very extreme left ideas and maybe it's a little more centered based on the experience. Um, Again, not to bring up Ben Shapiro anyway, there's a lot of like a lot of the problems I have with those guys, a lot of those guys are based on theory, right? A lot right. of economic theory. And as a finance guy, as, a, as an accounting guy, I can appreciate theory to a certain degree, but I also am wary of it and I also I can appre I start I'm, I'm starting to appreciate results more and more than I am theory. Uh, I think it's really like I said before, it's really important to acknowledge what you've done like the things you've supported and say this worked, this hasn't worked. Maybe I've been right. Maybe I've been wrong. Um, and, and change it. You know, I, I, I don't think you should be demonized if you change your beliefs either. I don't like, of course people have changed their beliefs in the last 15, 10 years. Like to, to judge someone based on something that they've done 10 years ago, depending on what they've done or their beliefs 10 years ago, you would hope, you would hope that they've been presented new information and they've changed for that. I appreciate that. You know, that's one of the actually that's one of the biggest things I appreciate in politics. If, if someone can say can can say okay, um, here's some of the things I've done wrong, or here's some of the things I have supported that are wrong, and this is the things I'm going to do to change that. Uh, it should be that way. I think uh, we all grow up and we all learn from our mistakes, and I think we live in a society now where we condemn people for the for their mistakes. And uh, I'm not one to be a hypocrite. You know, we've all yeah. done things that you know. Some a lot of people don't know about, and uh, you know, if it ever came to light, you know, we get canceled too. Uh, but yeah. because pe certain people are in the spotlight, you know, you know, one thing comes to light, and next thing you know, they want them all. You know, they don't deserve another chance. You gotta get them out of there, and it's just like, man, people, people learn, people grow up, and give people time to change. Because yeah, sometimes people might, you know, might not have changed their views or. 
what they've done or, you know, regret what they did. But a lot of people, you know, learn from that and they realize, you know what, I messed up and it's time for me to correct that. And I think you have to give people time to do that because nobody's perfect. Nobody on planet Earth is a perfect person who, you know, follows the Bible through, you know, every word it says. And, you know, I think I think people need to stop being hypocrites. Well, I think if you foster that environment of like, okay, like you've made that mistake, you acknowledge you're okay with people making the mistake. Right. And you and you're willing to say, like, we're willing to accept you back in. Or we're willing to, willing to, you know, bring you back into society like that. I think that you would see a lot better progress in some of these issues than than canceling all completely. Because look, take it like this way: Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump has said some really questionable, really misogynistic, you know, borderline things in the past, right? Right. And and. and not again no excuses for the guy man like the character the guy the, the character of that guy you know i have nothing to say about it it's nothing positive to say that being said i think one of the reasons why he got into power this day and age is because the typical response to some of these some of these allegations some of these things that, are, that have been said have been oh man we apologize for it and the society's like nope you apologize doesn't matter you're canceled you're done donald trump I think recognized that to his credit, he recognized that, and instead of apologizing into it, he doubled down on it. Right? He he doubled down on a lot of things he said. He doesn't. I rarely have seen Donald Trump, if at any time, back down on anything. And and I think that's partly because of the society we've kind of created these days. Like, if he was to do some of these things, admit some of his mistakes, I think that, you know, he would be canceled pretty fast, faster than he is right now. There's a reason why he's he's president. You know? Yeah, I think. Uh... Donald Trump I know people I know people hate him and uh, I, I personally find the guy entertaining I think at the end of the day people gotta realize he's not a politician he's a no, businessman so like no, he doesn't not. get caught up in the whole you know you have to write down the speeches and you know you have to follow the company rule book he just he goes on Twitter does whatever he wants and at the end of the day he realizes you know when he leaves office he's done he's going right back to being uh, in his uh, businesses and yeah. you know Nothing's going to change for him, really. He's going to go back to Twitter and do whatever he wants to. Yeah, I mean, for for politics, politics is tricky nowadays, dude. I, and like, I always try when I try and converse with someone, especially politics, especially someone who disagrees with me, right? And, and even for me, who tries to stay as middle ground as possible. Obviously, I'm going to have disagreements with people, right? There's people who are more into, you know, socialism than me, right? I'm more of a free market guy. Um, there's more people into glo- globalism than nationalism than me, and you have when you're discussing with these people, you need to you need to come with an open mind. You need to be, but you need to be um, kind of sincere in what you're doing, and you can't demonize the other side. Um, but when I, when I'm talking to these people, I think it's really important to avoid the politician. I think it's really it's really a, not a good idea to argue politician because I don't think any politician can really encompass you. No, no politician really encompassed me. I, I just, I would rather just talk about the actual issues themselves than defend someone like Donald Trump, right? Right. Like, even, even with this election, right? Like, Donald Trump does not encompass like a lot of my beliefs. Neither does Joe Biden encompass all my beliefs, right? And I'm forced, kind of forced between to pick between the two um, right now. 
And if I support Trump, I have to be like, oh, why? now people are attacking me. Why do you support Trump? I'm like, okay, well, he aligns with these beliefs that I have. Why, if I say, why do I support Biden? Oh man, why do you support Biden? These aligns with these beliefs I have. So I think it's important to have your own political knowledge and your own, your own idea on the issues rather than just be a straight up Trump supporter, straight up Biden supporter. You have to have your, you don't have your own free thought. They, just because Trump says something, just because Biden says something, doesn't mean back him up 24 seven, right? Doesn't mean you, you you just justify. I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of Trump supporters just in the area that I, I'm in right now, you know, uh, up in Olean, but for being in Bonaventure anyway, like the, the Bonaventure community itself is a little more liberal. So I know a lot of uh, people who are supporting Biden, Bernie, um, who are ref- who refuse to call out anything that they do. I think it's important to acknowledge that. And I think it's it's it, it leads to more discussion rather than anything else. Yeah, you know, I, I the reason why I had a, to- a hard time uh, answering that question is because I've never you know had that moment where I had to think about it you know because you know to be honest you know a lot of my friends who are white you know we're some of them got more tickets than I do and yeah. you know and, and so it's it's one of those things where I think it ba- is based on the person's experience yeah, how to answer that question uh, but one of the things I, I will say is I think the biggest issue that comes with um uh a lot of issues we face as minorities is the way how media and films betray us. Like just, just for instance, you know, I'm, I'm an actor. So, you know, I, I see the breakdowns of roles and stuff and I won't get too much into it just because, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. But for the longest, they always could, you know, they always, you know, portrayed black people as gang members, uh, you know, thugs, uh, rappers, you know, always got the big chains on and always bedazzled and, and they always portrayed, you know, Indians as doctors or terrorists. And uh, I think, I think the way how we've been portrayed on media has somewhat influenced. Uh, and I hate saying it, but it probably has influenced some, you know, white people um, to look down on minorities because of that. And so, you know, while I've never experienced, you know, any problems with the police or anything, I have noticed that, you know, because I am a, a, a big dark guy that if i'm walking down the street and it's dark outside and you know i i see you know a small white person walking down the street you know they might think twice and uh cross the street and yeah. and whether that's racist or not or you know something against black people is something to be said it could be but you know it's it's, it's something i a lot of people don't talk about but even for me you know you know, I grew up in the in the projects as a kid. You know, there was times where you know, growing up, and if I see a, a big dark black man walking down the street, and I know who he is, I cross the street because I don't know what he might be up to. And, and that's not to say the person is, you know, a gang member or anything, but it's just one of those things where um, people judge off appearance, and 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 that plays into racism too. And I think uh, someone had asked me if I think racism will ever. And if uh, if we will ever get to a point where race isn't a problem or something like that, and I don't think so. There's a lot more to be learned, and uh, it's one of those things where until we start, like the generation now is a good foundation for the future. 
I think I, 30 years from now, it'll be a lot better than it is now. I think that's where we disagree. I, I actually do think for the most part, racism can end. Um, and to, actually to touch on your point, so you went, you were talking about media, right? You're talking about like how the media portrays things. You have to look at the last, maybe 30 years ago, right? Maybe 40 years ago. How, what, what is the, what was the picture idea of success in America? And like most people would say, you know, the white picket fence, with a gold retriever dog, you know, they probably, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed guy, you know, kid, whatever. I think it's important to acknowledge that was like the social, you know, success in the, in the United States. And I think it's important to change that, right? I think a media has a really powerful role to play. And I think they should start playing in saying, okay, maybe like success is measured in different ways. Maybe you don't just have to be that, you know, that white person with that white picket fence that that job that golden retriever that family maybe success is measured in this way in this way i think i think once media starts showing that more and, and maybe like kind of influencing in that way i think you're going to see more of a tolerance towards that where it's like you know because now even again growing up growing up where i grew up that was what a lot of people were shooting for right and right. just you know i'm i thank god i've had a lot of chances to travel around you know not only the country but you know globally I mean, i've been able to travel to india i've been able to travel to australia to england um and i think it's important to understand that there are different cultures out there i think they i think we're starting i think we're definitely starting but i think it's also important to say okay these are the cultures let's try and learn about these cultures let's show like what six like let's show these different venues of success right not everyone not everyone's metrics of success or performance is the same right i think once we start appreciating that i think once we start saying seeing that like maybe for example you you grew up in in the hood like you said you grew up in the projects success right. for you might not might not be like being in a flyover state or being in a mansion like and having that that dog i think maybe for you it's it's having that um being that you know that actor that superstar that whatever I, th- I think it should be, and it, it doesn't have to be just inclusive to your skin, right? Anyone should be able to do that. I think I think that's the beauty of America, that you have the opportunity to go through these venues, through, through different venues, but I don't think it's appreciated enough. I don't think the media appreciates it enough. I don't think there's enough diversity in terms of seeing people break out of those, you know? Um, yeah, I, it's like when, like again, when did you, uh, when did you grow up and say, you know, went to high school and say, like the local, like the, that big black guy, well, I want to be a stockbroker. Like that does, does that, yeah. does that, well, I, I think when, like, I think it's a lack of education for a lot of these things. I think you start educating people, you start showing them different venues. I think that's how you start, you know, chipping away at racism. Will, will there always be someone here and there who, who's kind of a jackass who thinks that? Sure, you know? But I get, like you said before, I think you, like this generation, the younger generation, is really setting good precedent. I think, I think um, being able to accept different people is is important, based not not based on their politics, not based on their you know, just based on their actions. Um, and I think that's that's a good way to start going about it. I, I would put again, I, so I would put a lot of pressure, I would put a lot of responsibility onto the media, saying, okay, like listen, like polarizing may not be the way to go if you really want change if you really if you really feel like things need to change which they should like you play a part you should recognize your role in it you play a powerful role in it and like what can we do to just because what we've been doing for the last five ten years hasn't really been working what can we do to you know what can we what is our action that we're doing to to make things better 
Right. You know, you you made a good point about education. Uh, you know, last week I was watching Dr. Umar Johnson. If yep. you yep, know, yeah. And and one of the interviews he talked about, you know, uh, one of the questions uh, or circumstances he was asked about was, you know, the the fact that you know there's a lot of crime in the hood and stuff. Yeah. And one of the things, and I firmly agree with what he said was education. You know, in, in middle school and high school and you know in college, you know, a lot of people, you know. Your success is determined by your athletics. You know, you look at a lot of schools. You know, they put a lot of money into athletics, basketball, football. So, you know, to be the the local high school uh, football star or the the basketball team leader, you know, uh, that's for some reason more looked upon than you know someone like me who was always in school, who always you know played chess, who read yeah. books and you know took my education seriously that was looked down upon people made fun of you so a lot of a lot of the times and uh, and this is not just saying you know this is minority issue but a lot of uh people probably go through this where you know they they're always in school you know they're trying to better themselves they get ridiculed and and then they they decide you know what I, i'm tired of this you know what since everybody you want to keep clowning me and i see them on the streets let me go join them let, let, let me go see what what that is about and i think we have to start putting an emphasis on education it's not wrong with you know reading books on a friday night you know you don't have to be outside until two in the morning go get your education man you know and i think uh but barack obama kind of helped that too because a lot of families saw, oh, you know what? There's a black man who can achieve a lot of success, and uh, you know, so for him being in that that position, now a lot, of, you know, people feel you know better about you know spending time in school and uh, you know achieving that kind of success, or even going into financial uh, you know banks and you know doing real estate. I think uh, with the Barack Obama thing, that kind of helped. Uh, shape that a little bit uh there's still some work to be done but like you said i think education is a very big thing oh 100 i i think what i think what needs to be behind the education i think what a lot of people are lacking uh for for not following the education is is the incentive right um i i actually i agree 100 that there, there might have been there there has been a lot of historical things that have done to to the minority, to the African American community in particular, um, that maybe have ca- have caused the situation a lot of them are in now, where they're in like the projects and the whatnot. I don't disagree with that. Um, my take on that is like now, today in 2020, like maybe those things have happened and they've put you in the places that they have. Now under the law, everyone's supposed to be equal, right? So now, like based on your circumstances, what are you as the individual doing? Um, to fix those circumstances that you're in, right? And, you know, we hear a lot about reparations. We hear a lot about we can do this, we can do that. We can throw money at educate at these school systems. Uh, looking at the stats of that so far, you know, not to put the blame on anyone, but like, you know, Democrats have owned, you know, inner cities for a while. They've been able to throw a good money amount of money at them. And from the stats, from the studies I've seen anyway, doesn't really matter how much money you've thrown at the, the school or the the person themselves it hasn't really had a dramatic effect on graduation rates and so i think that the uh, one of the big issues is, is how do you how do you empower someone how do you put the incentive into someone um especially someone who's just been like historically systematically put been put down and i think this is where the government needs to step in and say okay how do we put an incentive there my personal idea right for some of these things would be like okay 
you know, I, I, you're, you're from New York, so you know that almost like, Amazon headquarters too was almost in in uh, New York City. It was almost in Queens. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, one of the ideas I would have been, I would have been, if I was the government, if I was a local government, state government, federal government, even, I would have been like, okay, I would have gone to Amazon. I would have been like, hey, listen, thank you first of all for putting your your area, uh, your headquarters in this area, in a in an area that's not not exactly the best. You know, you're you're trying your best to to put my, pump money into the system. It'll it definitely make the system better. But obviously, it's going to displace a lot of people. How do we fix those people that are being displaced? Uh, for me, I would be like, okay, maybe Amazon will give you a tax break of X dollars, right? In that time, we want you to set up a system. In this system, you say, okay, maybe like maybe a kid like you, Percy, you're in high school right now, and you're like, Amazon comes to you and is like, listen, if you maintain a certain GPA this long, right, we'll pay for your college, right? We'll pay for your college, and if you maintain a certain GPA in college, you automatically have a job in our in our uh, in our company in our in one of the biggest companies in the world i think and i think that's one big way of showing that people have a path people want to be shown a pathway it's really hard to say oh go fix your problems there's like arbitrarily there's no pathway of success here no no clear pathway of success a lot of people like even even learning that in the gym something something is so simple as if you don't have like a structure or some type of goal in mind it's really hard to stay determined to, to stick with something like that i think that's where the government like needs like no one's really been doing things like that um i think if you do something if you did something like along those lines you know maybe even the government themselves being like hey if you graduate Wait, in a certain if you've got a certain GPA, um, each you know quarter of high school, we'll like fund your books, we'll fund your this, we'll fund your that, like for the next you know it's a it's a reward system where the money isn't necessarily just thrown at you, right? You have no incentive to do anything because it's just thrown at you. You're but you're given the incentive, and these are benchmarks. People like to like you know the small the small little wins in life really build up uh, someone's like character, someone's perseverance, someone's you know integrity um I, th- I think it's something to think about uh paul like, i don't i haven't seen many people do that i think that would be one of the one of the ideas if i was you know a politician anyway if i if i ever god forbid ever ran for governor of, of new jersey i would go to newark and try and get one of these corporations to do that um i think you i would hope you would see a, a success but like what i was saying before if it doesn't work acknowledge it doesn't work reevaluate it um and make some strides for something else you know it's just just having those ideas though out there um at least get the ball rolling you know yeah it's uh it's definitely i think with the when it comes to education the only thing they're really looking at is college and and you're seeing that uh there's an increased amount of people who are trying to go to college despite the fact they do want to is because you know there's no reason why you know you go get your master's degree and you can't find a job you know i know a few people who you know there's a job they want so bad yeah. but you, the qualifications just disqualify them altogether you know they want you to have five years of uh, professional experience i mean where are you getting that from so you're gonna yeah. have to go and find something that does that but the, then that the, has a requirement yeah. for you. no the necessity I, I think that's one of the biggest lies we've been told as a generation is like you're you absolutely need to go to college, right? There, if you're, if you're looking at the numbers right now, trade jobs are are going are rapidly declining. There's a huge, huge, huge need for trade jobs right now. You know, plumbing, electricity, mechanic, like 
man, you you go into those trade schools um, for like two years, half, not even a quarter of the cost of some of these colleges. You're gonna come out with a with a with like a, an education that rivals a starting salary of, of some of these guys, man. Like I've one of my buddies right now, he's he just graduated electrician school and he's he's probably starting at sixty. And that's that's nothing to sneeze at at all. Plumbing can make a good amount of money. Like all these things, like, again, like that goes back to the idea of success doesn't have to be measured one way. The idea of success should be is, is open. It's 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 stability, right? I measure I measure a, like what a politician does. I measure how like how someone successful is based by stability, right? The that the family, the person is not really hindered by by people around them. They're able to follow their, their pursuit of happiness. They're able to be stable and hopefully provide a little bit better to the to the generation below. That's how I would measure success in a, in a vague term, right? But like the way you get there is so open to so many different ways. And uh, I think that people have really lost that idea. Um, and I think that goes back to education saying that, hey, like we, they, these are ideas that are out there. Like the guidance counselor, guidance counselor specifically, um, in, co- in high schools and colleges need to be able to be open-minded and say like maybe maybe colleges aren't like the only venue maybe maybe this career isn't the only venue maybe that you know so and so and the media helps put a little bit of um, imagery into that as well so this is just things to think about Man, it's interesting uh, uh, about that, you know, coming from New York, which is a very, New York is a very, it's mostly liberal, but you get a mix. You got a lot of Republicans, you know, I when, when I moved to LA, I came from Long Island, which a lot of people, you know, are Republican. And I learned a lot from, uh, you know, that side, because up until I graduated college, I had no idea about politics, still don't really care. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. But one thing I realized, especially, you know, living in a place like L.A. is very liberal and people do not want to talk about Trump at all. Like, yeah. you know, you mentioned, you know, oh, you know, maybe, you know, he uh, lowered the un- unemployment rate and, you know, jobs were not. Oh, no, he's still a misogynist. Yeah. Oh, you know, he, he hates the he hate gay people, he hate black people. And it's just like that's not a, a reasonable discussion. And which is why I like Jubilee, because working with them. They provide they they promote being open minded and trying to you know create that dialogue and and uh, and that's all I want people to do is you know be open minded and talk about it because even though we might not agree about you know I may like Trump and you don't that's fine yeah. we can still talk about it I mean course, yeah. you don't have to lobby insults at me and I don't have to lobby insults at you yeah. we could be adults and talk about it you know and but that's the biggest problem I have with politics and which is why I don't really talk about it and I'm glad. To have you on because a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. you know they just want to talk about what they like and then if if some differs from their opinion you know they shut it down and they try to end the conversation as quickly as possible yeah i mean i've never wanted to shy i mean my family's if you know my brother he's very very political my dad is a little bit like very political you know um they're both a little, little more hard they're way hard right comparatively to me um again like if you would have to bring up a couple issues but i think i think compromise is one of the the biggest things that you have to be able to acknowledge uh that's honestly looking at the last this election coming up um someone like an andrew yang where i didn't necessarily believe in a lot of things he said 
Um, but he had he had my respect more than anyone in politics um, running right now because he was able to to converse on Fox News. He was able to he went onto the Ben Shapiro show. He. He's he's like a guy that's willing to talk to you, and I, I that's one of the things I can really appreciate. I'm, I'm was really upset when he he didn't get as far as I wanted to, but I mean I'm sure you're gonna see him around. Oh, I'm calling right now, man. Trump is gonna win again, uh, no it's doubt hard. in my mind. I it's hard. I don't know. Like I would have said, I would have said that Trump. I would have said pre-COVID, 100%. Yeah, it was going to win. COVID happened. Um, I think that. You have to look at who's telling you something, right? You have to look at who's saying what. But some people are like, he responded too slow. Other people have said he, was, he responded with the timing, said he came out right. Um, me personally, I think hindsight's 2020. Anyone can look at anyone can look at stats and say like, oh, he should have done this. I personally like to look at like when the information was available at that time. Um, was a little bit slow. Yeah, I'm sure it was a little bit slow. Uh, was it was it as bad as some people are saying? I I don't think it was as bad as people are saying. And then now the whole BLM movement, the abolish police movement, defund the police movements, uh, these all hurt him. Uh, these all these uh, you know he says that uh, he or his, his rally a couple days ago, or I think was it two days ago, that it was not as well attended, and maybe it was partially due to that whole social media movements of book his tickets but i think it's also because he's he's losing a little bit of support but i think it's important to keep in mind that right now where you are where, where it is in the polls timing wise he's the exact same spot as he was against hillary clinton um so time will tell uh it's it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a close race i don't i don't believe the nonsense i see where it's like a landslide this way a landslide this way i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a relatively close case again um close race again uh, but you know, summer is long. The, the I just saw that Biden signed up for three debates. Um, things can happen. Uh, the economy, the economy is is not doing so hot right now, and um, I, you know, people are going to be voting with their wallets as well. People don't realize that. I think social movements are important as well. Not now downplaying them by any means, but I think in, in a, a, a struggling economy um, is a large role in, a, in an election. Um, so I guess, well, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. But so let's talk about the defunding of police. I, so I read a report that, uh, I believe it was Minneapolis had cut a good $150 million, uh, off of the police budget. And here's my take on it. I understand the climate we live in is, is tough and, you know, police is under scrutiny for, you know, all the, all the deaths against minorities and stuff like that. The problem becomes, you know, when you take away the budget from the police, you know, whether you like them or hate them, what you're doing is now you're creating uh, unsafe, uh, uh, you know, thing where the police don't have the budget to, you know, be able to, you know, speed to, you know, uh, on uh, speed to calls when they get them. So, you know, whether you're getting robbed, you know, someone broke into your home, you know, someone physically hurts you or something like that. You know, you defund the police and your wait time is going to go from anywhere from, you know, waiting 30 minutes. And now you might have to wait, you know, two hours. And so yeah. I think the defunding the police thing, while it sounds good in theory, uh, it's not going to work. And I think it's going to end up hurting our economy. And, I, you know, what, what do you think about that? So it's so funny. I, I 
I actually, so the, the first time I heard it, defund the police, obviously I was throwing, like, I mean, just hearing my dad, my brother, oh man, like, you can't do that. Um, and like the first actual reaction was, again, yeah, you can't do that. You, you shouldn't do that. Um, started looking into it a little bit. And I mean, not advocating for defunding the police, but I saw a really interesting thing. Um, so Camden, New York, New Jersey, really bad with, with, with crime, with murder, was one of the top murder uh, cities in the country, right? They actually reallocated money. They kind of abolished their police system, made, made it more community run. And you're seeing you saw, you're seeing a dramatic decrease in crime there, which was really shocking to me. I was like, how does that work? So I, I'm I'm interested in seeing like how they did that. I want to research more into that. There's just that was just something to keep in mind. Interesting, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I I again like you would not think that right, especially in a crime infested area like that. Um, that being said, I think saying defund the police is not is it's too vague of a terminology for me, right? So I think. First of all, I, I one of the things I thought is like, if you want to make something better, like I don't I don't ever have heard I've never heard of someone like let's make something better by taking money away from that, right? If right. anything, you want you put more money into that, okay? So that's that's one just one tidbit I had. And again, like these are just random thoughts I'm having through my mind when I'm trying to levy out what to do here. Um, I just had a discussion with uh, someone from uh, high school about it. And, you know, I do agree that there is a lack of an emergency system for, you know, mental health, for example. The police police are not necessarily geared or trained to, to deal with those problems. Um, there's, there's a litany of problems that they're not dealing with. And obviously there is a problem with police brutality, so something needs to happen. So the question is, do we want to take away from the budget of the police and allocate it to some of these, you know, secondary third lines of work to respond to some of these issues and keep the police specifically for like violent crime, for some of these kidnappings that you've said? Um, Or do we put more money towards the police, right? And really focus on revamping the education system, right? So the hours to become a police officer are, they're not, they're not high at all. That's I think it's like six months. Yeah, it's ridiculously low. Like that needs to change. I mean, granted, a lot. It's like up in the north. I think you have to have a bachelor's degree to become a police officer. Um, but in I downtown, heard that's actually not the case. Yeah, some places you don't. Like it just depends on the precinct, right? Some yeah. people look differently. Um, I, in any case, like any education, any uh, higher education, I think is very important to instill. I think it's important to increase the, the timing of that higher education. Um, again, you have to weigh that out. I think you have to look at it. It's, this is not a, I think what people are failing to recognize is this is not uh, just a, a national issue, right? I think this again goes down to state by state by state. Maybe, yeah, maybe you should couldn't defund or take away some of the budget from the police in a place like Olean, in a place, you know, that's a little bit safer. NYPD, I mean, dude, like you look at it 20 years ago, like there was major terrorist attack. You look at it like there was there was a guy who drove it, I think it was in 2008, he drove his car into Times Square with a bomb. Like those, like those are things to think about. You are increasing your risk of certain things. Like I'm very, as someone who's gonna be traveling into the city a lot uh, for work, I'm really scared about that, you know, the, the level of security going down. Um, so those are all things you have to really weigh out. Um, I think one thing too that a lot uh, it's it's an unpopular thing to say 
but I think this America is very diverse, right? So America, I think, and to in the last like hundred years, America has benefited from its diversity, right? It be in, in terms of many thoughts processes coming in, a lot of innovations coming in, and it. I think right now what you're seeing is not diversity, not race. That race is never something to say it hurts you, but I think the the so many ideas out there, right? It's really hard to narrow down what people want. Um, you have so, and I think that's why America partially is so polarized. You have so many different ideas and views out there. It's going to be so hard to get everyone to say this is the idea that we want to fall 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 behind. Um, and I think in this case, like that diversity kind of hurts you, just because you know you have to worry about that. You have like you know you have hardcore Republicans, you have hardcore Democrats coming from a litany of backgrounds comparatively to like, you know, a Sweden, a Norway, a Denmark, who's like, like the people are very, very similar in terms of culture, in terms of race. It's very, very hard to become a citizen in those countries. So everyone's very geared, everyone's been kind of trained and geared towards the same thought process and mind process. It's very easy to back something up when everyone's been trained in a similar mindset away. When you have all these different, you know, cultures and races and ethnic backgrounds coming in and everyone has their own opinion, it's very hard to solidify one route you want to go down. That's just my kind of thought on that. Yeah, there's a there's a phrase uh, I I heard. It was uh, you give a man uh, a man has an idea that you know he wants to achieve a million dollars. You give yeah. him a million dollars, that's not enough. He wants five million. Yeah. He gets the five million, that's not enough. He wants thirty million. So this kind of relates to what's going on because, you know, first, you know, this whole thing started with, all right, let's get justice for George Floyd. Yeah. Got that done. We're we're almost done uh, in the process. Then it moved to uh, defunding police, right? What what happens after this? What happens when you slash the budgets for the police? What is the the next thing that's going to happen? Because like you said, you know, this is not a national security matter. You know, a place like Idaho probably doesn't have the same, uh, uh, you know, police um, issues as New York does. And as someone from New York, I can tell you right now, you cut that budget down in New York. Oh man, you're going to get mugged everywhere you go. I mean, because there's no incentive for people to stop. I mean, I, I know since I was in high school, like police, the uh, uh, police presence increased on the on the MTA and neighborhoods. And uh, you take that away, what happens now? You know, this now is a free fall for a lot of people. You know, they can they know they can get away with a crime because there's no one to stop them. And so I think we had to look at this from a, a reasonable standpoint. Yes, everybody hates the police right now. You know. And it's time to, you know, get justice for all the uh, people that they killed, uh, you know, that didn't deserve to die, which I completely understand, as especially as a black man. Uh, I definitely get that. But when you take away the very budget that we could probably use to re-educate these police officers, you know, who are you going to call now when something happens, you know? And you have to think about that, you know? When it's time for you to call 911, and it, but there's only like four cops on the shift, and especially in a place like LA where it's so spread out, the guy might as well be in Florida by the time they get there. Um, so I, I think that's that's something we really should uh, reconsider. But like you said, I think we should invest in you know the police. I think 
taking away the budget is not the solution. I think re-educating them because I was just talking to uh, my roommate Alex about this, and he he told me this. I didn't realize this, but a lot of police officers are fresh out of high school. You know, they come out of high school, they probably try to join the military and didn't qualify. So the next best thing was, you know, uh, oh let, let's try for police, and you know they get in, and 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 this is where it comes down to you know, uh, you know the way you grow up because I, I mentioned. You know, I took a psychology, a psychology class at Bonaventure and depending on where you grow up, you know, a lot of times, you know, your, your environment influences you. So, you know, you grow up thinking, you know, you're, you're better than, you know, the black man or, you know, you have these, these strong opinions about other races. Uh, I think what needs to be done is educating them that that's not the right way to think. And, uh, you know, everybody's the same, uh, no matter your skin color. Uh, where you come from, you know, your social, uh, your social economic status, we're all the same. So I think we have to spend more time. One, qualifications. Six months of training is not nearly enough. I mean, that, that six months go by in the blink of an eye. So how much can you really learn? And a fun fact that I learned too, I think it was from Ben Shapiro was, a lot of cops don't even know the law. So like, yeah, they know, you know, you have the right to remain silent and stuff. They, they can pull you over for and stuff. But if you ask them about certain sections of the law, they can't tell you. And yeah. that's a big issue. I think we have to re I think we have to spend more time educating them, amping up the qualifications. You can't just, you know, come out of high school, do six months and become, you know, get a gun and a badge. I, that's part of the issue. You know, you give someone well lack of training and life experience, such authority over people, what are they gonna do with it? Of course a lot of them are gonna abuse it because now you you don't want with the gun. So if you don't follow me, you know what you're gonna get? Yeah. And that, and that's the biggest issue with that. Well, to, I actually to bring up something you said. So you grew up in Long Island, right? Um, uh New York, New York. I lived in Long Island after I graduated. Yeah. So kind of curious to say what is your opinion on like white privilege do you think that exists i saw i you know i think i've never really thought about it i never really uh thought about it mostly because uh i've never seen it but i i talked to don i, I i'm sure you remember him he went to bonus with us yeah, and uh he did mention like he he feels that like uh this instance is where he gets away with it because he is white. So, uh, I actually, I, this is where I'm in disagreement with a lot of conservatives. Um, I actually do agree it exists. I, I'm actually 100% on the on the boat that it exists. I think, but I think it's important to know where it exists. So, just to give a little background, I wait when I went to you know middle school, when I went to high school, especially, right? Um, I grew up in a extremely white area. Um, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that my, I was being graded differently. It wasn't necessarily that I was being targeted differently. Um, it was more the mindset that came behind it. Um, where, you know, I, I well, it's hard to admit, but like at a certain point in my life, I was really unappreciative and didn't like, I didn't appreciate this, my skin color, because I was like, man, like this kind of puts me at a disadvantage compared to some of these kids at, at school. Um, not, maybe not economically maybe not you know, when it comes to colleges but 
in terms of like that social interaction with a lot of people, um, depending, you know, corporate America is a lot of, a lot of it's white. Like, you know, I, it's, it's hard to, to break into that, into that, or even to have that relation with someone, right. You're talking to your boss. Um, you're talking to, you're talking to someone who's in a little higher position of power than you. They're white. You know, there's certain cultural references when it comes to, to that white community that like me, I just will never know. You know, I didn't grow up in that, in the, I grew up in like an Indian home. Right. Like, I mean, I went to like a high school, but like everything that was kind of the, kind of the foundations, I grew up pretty, you know, Indian. So again, did it put me back in terms of my like economic status? Did it put me back in terms of like me being able to do well with my classes? No, not necessarily, but like it definitely put it. I definitely felt something off at least at the very, at the very least off when it came to like social interactions with people. Um, you know, talking to just random people in corporate America, it's just hard to, it's, and again, that's not something like Ben Shapiro is like, you know, white privilege doesn't exist. Show me, point me to an instance of white privilege. It's like, no, like actually like in some cases, you know, affirmative action actually helps being a minority, right? In, right, in some of the yeah. cases, right? So I'm not necessarily talking about, um, you know, those economic factors. I'm talking more about those social factors. How do you fix that? Hate to say it. I, don't really know how that can be fixed like i don't really see that a really way of fixing that um like people are going to be in into their cultures and people are going to be born into cultures. So, so i mean for me like i grew up as a first generation american it's like so my parents um came here as immigrants so what I, i've learned as as time's gone on what's like the social norms in america and, you know, when I grow up, most likely I'm gonna, you know, get married to like a person in this in this society here, and so that'll go on. But um, it's just one of those things to acknowledge that it does put you at slight disadvantage here and there when it comes to the social interaction, depending on what you want to do, right? right. I, I think I think it's important to to like again, I'm not trying to demonize anyone for their white skin. I'm not. I'm just I'm just saying it's important to appreciate the you know the privilege and the opportunity you have based on where you are based on what something that i can't control you can't control you didn't control to be black i didn't control to be brown my buddy didn't control to be white but you know there's certain things because he's born into that you know he gets that little bit of extra benefit little you know little edge um and i think it's just important to acknowledge that more so than to think you know you can't really do anything about it i think it's important to, to have that in the back of your mind and you know be, just be aware of it. I think the awareness is key there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that opened my mind about that was I was watching a Jubilee video where it was uh, college dropouts versus college yeah. graduates. Yep. And it, it, it's sad to say, but a lot of the college dropouts were making money. You know, they didn't have a hundred K in student loans and, you know, they couldn't find a job that was able to pay their rent and, you know, pay the student loans at the same time. And, and that really opened my eyes about it. Cause I, I realized like, depending on your major, you don't need to go to school. Obviously you want to be a doctor. If you want to go into business and finance and real estate, yeah, you might have to go to school for that. But, you know, for someone like me, I, and this is something I thought about since I graduated, I was like, you know, even though I was blessed not to have that many loans, it was like, yeah. did I really need to go to school for, for acting? I, yeah. I probably could have just went to a community college and 
got experience there and called it a day. And, and I think people in uh, in high schools, especially, uh, should think about that. And like you said, guidance counselors and college advisors should really uh, tell people you don't need to go to college, especially depending on your field. It's not worth the money and it's not worth the financial burden you're going to put yourself in. And yeah, uh, yeah man, it's it, it's crazy that, you know, a lot of college dro- uh, college dropouts are doing way better than college graduates right now. Of course. I, I Just even, even going to Bonaventure. Bonaventure is not a cheap school, man. Bonaventure is not a cheap school at all. Uh, thankfully, I don't have many loans to take out. Uh, not to take out, obviously, I have a couple, but um, I'm grateful for the opportunities I had. But... You know, I agree with you that that there are certain there are certain venues you can go down that just don't need that call. They aren't necessities. You know, you don't need that, or you don't have to spend ridiculous. You just have to you don't have to spend a ridiculous amount um, when you could do it for cheaper, right? More right. expensive doesn't mean better, right? My dad taught me that a long time ago. It's 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 how you weigh out what you're getting, the benefit of what you're getting. I don't, I think that's like one of the one of the things that's lacking in the education system now is being is you know everyone wants to in high school wants to harp on sciences and and you know english and things like but no one's teaching you know finances no one's teaching how to like you know do some trade jobs no one's teaching different venues of success you know it's and it's one of the reasons why our education system now is failing i don't think it's necessarily a money issue i think it's like more of the issue of what's being taught um, because you know some of these, you we can't really say that um, because there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of different like poorer countries than us. We're the number one. We're one of the, we're the number one economy in the world, right? We generate the most cash. Um, and to sit here and say that we have all this cash, and yet all these systems are failing us, there is an there is an issue there, right? Um, there's something again to take be open minded about it, and to take away from some of these other countries maybe some of these european countries my fellow conservatives might not like it you know um maybe there's something to to not take away from those countries that you know more of these conservative like more of these liberal people can take away from like based on like some of the you know the failures we're seeing around the like the the globe um i think it's important to keep that in mind i i we're not using our diversity right now we're not using the melting pot how we should i think like the last last you know 15 years we've kind of just really gotten you know so so caught up in our own self we're not willing to look out whereas you know 50 60 years ago maybe like that wasn't the case maybe it was more of a opportunity i remember you know andrew yang saying that like half the fortune 500 companies right half them at least are either made by immigrants or children of immigrants right so the opportunity yeah, there's the opportunity is there for people to, you know, the, the, I, we welcome culture. We want we want people to come in, to come in America and say, like, the water's clean here. People are safe here. We want you to be able to pursue your own dream, um, pursue your own success in the way you see fit. Uh, I think once we get back to that, I think we're going to start being on the road to success again. Yeah. Um, so I know, uh, not, not to go too far left with this, I know you want to talk a little bit more about the political, um, uh, you know, election coming up this yeah, year. Yeah. But one of the things I wanted to mention, uh, despite all the bad that came with the pandemic, one of the good things I've noticed was that finally there was a way for Republicans and Democrats to finally come together and you know work together. You know yeah. that the stimulus check 
uh, which is why I said Trump is probably going to win. I, I'm not going to vote, so I'm not going to complain yeah. about who wins. But, you know, they work together to create a, a, a bill that, you know, afford, I mean, obviously you can't fix everything with one bill, but they provided yeah. enough, uh, you know, financial reward for people to, you know, get up on their feet and, you know, not have to struggle. And I think that was a good thing that came out of it was that they're finally... Uh, they found the way to kind of work together. Obviously, they still button heads. Yeah. If we can find more ways for people to interact with one another, then we could possibly see a, a, a much better, a much better, uh, you know, system. Uh, but as I mentioned that, you know, what is your takes? I know you touched on it earlier. What is your takes about the uh, presidential debate and stuff coming uh, up? So- so first off, to just before you go into that, just I agree that like it's it's good, it's a heartwarming thing to see that okay, we have different ideas, but like when it came down to it, that they passed a stimulus check like that, like I applause for them because that's that's great. What I will say about that, which is a little disappointing, is it shouldn't take like millions of Americans off their jobs, off their insurance, you know, almost near like ruining their lives, um, people dying to be able to come to a compromise like that. That shouldn't be the case, right? I think that people need to be way more open-minded to say, okay, like, like the, I understand my ideology, I understand their ideology. Nine times out of 10, you're not gonna convince the other person. I'm sorry, like you're, like you a lot, the, the way you're going about it, definitely not gonna convince because you're trying to like, you're trying to insult them, you're trying to degrade them, not right. gonna work, right? Um, I, that needs to change, right? And I, I don't, I don't, know how that changes especially again coming to this upcoming election right and so yeah. your question was what how, what do i think about the upcoming election yeah you know because i i'm not someone uh the only reason one you know obviously i was trolling when i said trump was definitely going to win yeah, but yeah, i'm yeah. not i'm not i'm not too familiar i never so, really get into politics yeah, yeah, so yeah. um so the election itself uh, it's hard to say man like what my, my i mean my personal opinion is that Trump, like, again, pre-corona, um, pre-BLM, I think Trump had secured uh, the election, right? Um, I think it's really important to acknowledge its weaknesses, right? I think it's really, really important to say, okay, he was, maybe he was slow at, in the COVID reaction. Debatable, right? Show, right. And again, time will tell, the debates will show, more numbers will come out. We'll look at this not at a, not like from such a close angle, but it'll take a couple, maybe months, maybe a year to look back and be like, okay, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, right? Because right now our face is so stuck into it. Um, two, I think you're the, the reason. It's not. It's not the election right now. Is not Joe Biden is winning the election. The election right now is Trump is losing the election. Right, and I th- what I mean by that is Joe Biden hasn't really been in the last couple of news cycles for the last couple, you know, weeks. Right, there was that there was that one thing he said on Breakfast Club it got a little attention, um, you know, where he said, you know, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Got a little bit of attention, got a little Ooh. slack. Yeah, I mean, I, but again, like that's just the guy, right? He he says he had. He, you can't be mad at Trump for his like rhetoric when you have a guy who's like pretty much the same thing. They're both. If you want to call one racist, you have to be you have to be consistent and call the other guy a little bit like racist or a little bit old. I didn't even hear about that. Yep. Like so, maybe Trump is racist, but then like keep keep to this like keep the standard the same, man. Like I I don't get it. Like, um, 
again, I think that like summer, we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be close because we've never had a, like a we haven't had a pandemic like this in a while, right? Where everything's closed down, it's going to affect a, like how even the, the the debates. Trump Trump a lot of his how a lot of his steam was gathered after like getting doing those debates after having those rallies. Those are limited right now. Whether we whether Trump wants to admit it or not, those are pretty limited. Um, you know, the attendance is going to be limited. Um, it, I mean, to try, try, being objective, and I know it's going to sound biased, but like it seems like the Democrats have like just really not gone over the elections in 2016. Um, again, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016, uh, so I kind of just stood back and I was like, I'm not, I'm not voting. Um, have I, I? I think you have to. I think what really comes down to is you have to look at Trump's quote-unquote accomplishments these last couple of years and see like does that weigh out to the negative things he's done i think you're gonna have i think he's gonna have his base right i don't think his base is gonna be wavering that much i i, I disagree with cnn i've talked every trump supporter i've talked to is so on the trump wagon i i don't see anyone switching i think it comes down to those independents um in those in those swing states i think so again i think the economy is gonna be really important um I hate to say it, I don't think that the, I don't think that the abolish the police, the BLM movement is going to play much of a role because it, it's not going to be the, I don't think it's going to be the new, it's not going to last the new cycle. And Americans are very, you know, their attention span is not that high. I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the, the BLM issue um, spanning all the way until November. It kind of already started wearing off. Yeah, which is sad. I mean, like, it, again, like I don't. I, whether you agree or disagree with the movement, everyone deserves to be treated well. I saw actually, I, I did see yesterday um, on Now This, which I normally don't like Now This because they, they have a lot, they've been labeled even by like some of these fact check things. I think they skew a lot of these videos. Same with, I mean, all these media companies do, but um, I saw this thing where like BLM supporters came to a Trump. Uh, not a Trump rally, but there was like a bunch of Trump supporters all gathered and like they actually, it was heartwarming to see that they actually had a conversation. They let the BLM um, protesters on stage, let them talk and the Trump supporters like applauded them. They were listening to them and it was a good, it was a good time to see. Um, but I don't, I don't see it lasting that long. I really don't see it. I really don't see like the, that, that impact lasting very long. I mean, I could be wrong, you know, I, I, I've been wrong about a lot of things, but um I think it it comes down to are people are people sat are people satisfied with um, with this with the with how the country has been going overall the last three years comparatively to what Joe to what Obama you can't even you can't even see like I, I, whenever I think of Joe Biden I just think okay another Obama and like I I didn't personally I didn't really like Obama as much I have I, I can I can. I can say some of the things I like, but for the most part, again, I didn't really like him. But is that worse than what Trump, like his worst things have done? And I can name a bunch of things that Trump's done, like that I just didn't really like. But I can also name a bunch of things that that Trump did that I really, really like. You know, um, for me, like again, like as being middle ground, I'm on the, I'm still on the fence about it. I, I won't lie, I'm leaning a little bit, I'm leaning a little bit more right. Um, but we'll see, right? Um, uh, it's, and, and I don't think it's regardless whether what happens or what doesn't happen. I, I don't think it's going to be like it's not. It's not going to destroy the country. Another four years of Trump, okay. Another four, uh, not four years of Biden, okay. Like you know, it's not going to drastically 
destroy or change the country like people are thinking. I think that's way blown out of proportion. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, like I said, I, I never voted. I probably won't vote. Um, but one of the things I will say is, uh, if people take away the disdain for Trump, you know, from his tweets and stuff like that, just take that away. Yeah. You have to just look at what he's done and the things that, you know, he think he could work on and, and see if what he has accomplished outweighs the negative. And I think for me personally, I think, uh, you know, if I were to vote, I, I might vote for, for him just because, you know, one of my biggest selling points for Trump is he's a businessman and one of the biggest issues we always face as a country was financial burden you know we've yep. always been in debt trillions yep. of dollars in debt when Obama left it, it even it, I think it even went up so I think you know we've seen a decrease um, with the um, sorry about got, that no no it's fine it happens I, Tom Cruise almost called me <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think uh, you know, with the unemployment rate going down, and even though this wasn't his own his own doing with the stimulus package, a lot of people might be satisfied that you know what he provided some you know he helped provide some financial uh, stability for the citizens. I think that could play a big role in the election. And it's, I mean, based on uh, reactions I've seen so far, I think a lot of people are going to vote. Trump, but I think yeah. I think it's interesting to see how it plays out for sure. Yeah, no, I I actually I agree with you. Um, but like you never know, man. You Trump time can tell. Trump's a unique politician. I, I guess you can call him a politician now. Um, At this point, yeah. He's a he's a new guy. Um, none of the social norms really impacted him. Um, so we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It's gonna be uh, what a twenty twenty. What a what an interesting year. I mean. Uh, is, is there anything else you want to, uh, you know, talk about or any other, you know, thoughts that you have? I mean, overall, like, you know me, like, you ever want me to talk about anything political, you, you whenever I find me, I'll probably have, like, I'll have to look at all this stuff and I'll tell you if I don't have all the facts in front of me. And so I'll tell you that right away that, hey, this is coming from a place where I don't have all the information. Um, just like, like you said, the Rashad uh, case. Um, in terms of like the George Floyd, the officer, I don't know all the information for that, so I'll, I'll be fairly in a minute. Um, but each, each, each it's, it's it's by the news cycle, right? So this week it's it's de- uh, defund the police, it's abolish the police. You know, a couple of weeks ago it was COVID. A uh, couple, you know, even before COVID was impeachment. Um, before impeachment was you know Mueller. Uh, there's always going to be something to talk about right it always seems like there's something to talk for me personally i like politics so like i i enjoy looking at all that stuff you know other people they really hate it other people just want to move on with their life i i personally would love to have a career in politics one day small big whatever um but you know you always they have something to throw by me i'm always willing to give you a little comment on it man i, I you know working with jubilee kind of opened my mind when i'm thinking about doing this probably uh, maybe not something like a middle ground, but probably having you and uh, I, I, I'm assuming you identify with the right, right? Like uh, I, for, I mean, I uh, I like to say I would I like to say I'm an independent, right? I right. there's there's certain things um, that I'm more right on than left. So I, I, if I had to say something, I'd probably if I had to align myself to a party, I'd probably say I'm a, I'm a libertarian. Right, I believe in more free, free market stuff. Um, socially, though, I'm I'm a lot more uh, left than I am right. Like I, I'm for gay rights and for 
you know, legalization of marijuana. Um, it really depends on the topic, man. And again, like it, things have changed. I'm more, I'm more of a globalist than I would say than than more um, than more. I, I actually, the, the right hates globalism, so I would definitely say I'm more of a globalist, uh, more of a leftist in that regard. So it really does depend on the on the issue. So like. Like, uh, something like I even there's certain things that he, Bernie has said, which I've actually like applauded. I agree with man. Like, there's one thing he said, uh, not to get on Bernie, but um, he was talking about workers, right? And he's talking about the especially in this day and age where where there's there these big corporations, right? And the corporations, the bigger they get, they seem to start to forget the smaller guys, the smaller workers in those in the who are working the factories. Who, again, they're they as a free market guy, I have to say they're they're technically they're alienating their labor. You know, they can they they get they choose to take the, the wage that they choose. Um, but it, I, like Bernie was right in the sense that like at certain points, like the sway of power is so far to the to the management comparatively to the worker that like maybe like in those board directors there should be a voice for the worker there there absolutely should be a voice like there's like you know board directors has like a it represented shareholders but there should be one to represent the workers at least say okay like maybe like slashing these benefits maybe like increasing these hours maybe taking some away these safeties maybe like you know some of the lack of benefits are really affecting us and we are kind of stuck in the sense that like yeah we're taking this job but it's the only job we can come across because, it, you know, maybe right. I don't have much education on it. There's there's a slur of reasons why that. I, that's one of the things I do like about Bernie. I, I think I, again I can respect Bernie's consistency and sticking to his point um, for certain things, right? I think I think it's I think it's cool to have consistency, not be a flip flop. I think it's cool to change your opinion based on like the facts that are presented in front of you, but. It's also good to see some type of consistency with a politician, not just say, not just say something just because, not because you, your belief has changed based on the results, more because like that's what the opinion is saying. Something like that's why I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because like Hillary Clinton has flip flopped on so many things. That's why I didn't vote for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney has flip flopped. So I, again, you have to keep the, you have to keep this it, it constant for for both sides. Man, you know, uh, you know, you said something about Bernie about the. The balance of power. Have you ever noticed? I maybe um, it may be different for you, but after working jobs, uh, several different jobs, yeah. I've noticed the the higher the company gets in terms of financial profit and stuff, the least they pay out. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I that, mean, it's very interesting. Yeah, it depends. I mean, for me, like I've had a couple of different jobs. A lot of them have been, been local. A lot of them have been, and I'm I, I'm going to start working for a large corporation very soon. Um, I will tell you, signing up to where I haven't started work yet. I've just only been starting interactions with them. Um, you're just a number, right? You're just a number in that corporation. I mean, granted, I'm not a I'm not a labor worker. I'm doing a little bit more. I need you need a, like a kind of a bachelor, maybe a little bit of higher education than a bachelor to, to get this job. Um, that being said, the turnover is high, the competition is very high, and they they try and make you, they say they try and make you happy, right? They'll they'll flash a fancy new iPhone in front of you, maybe a laptop or two. Here's a, like a little bonus, but in reality, like you know, you're just another cog in the system there. Yeah, you're just there to make the money. You fill up their pockets. Absolutely, and like the more you grow up the chain, the more, 
the more that I do appreciate that, the more you go up in the chain, the more invested you are in the, in the company making money because your your bonus, your salary is reflected off that, right? I appreciate that, but uh, like to your point, like it is true, like the bigger the company is, the less they care about you. You know, I work for Lori Branch um, in uh, in Olean for Iroquois. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and she, you know, her company, like my my, it's. It's me to your size, but like I felt a lot more love and, and compassion, the family, you know, cohesion um, there than I do feel, you know, right now this job. I mean, that could definitely change, but also I'm in the city, right? So like, how how much can you really can you really feel that? That's one of the things I really am jealous and envious of people out in like kind of like more rural areas. They they the firms are smaller. That there's more of a connection there. That people care. You know, just the number, not everything. Not everything. Again, for companies. For me, when I'm looking, even looking at investing, looking looking at companies, uh, just to garner more information about them, I care about the profit. Obviously, the profit's important to me. At the end of the day, a business is a business, right? It's there to generate profit. But I also care. Like, not everything is squeezing a nickel out. Like, not right. everything is squeezing a dollar out. One of those, one of the sad things about America, and I think with, I think Bernie and Trump are kind of on the same side with it. They don't realize it, is that. You know, these companies, American companies, are just shipping off their labor to China just to get that extra dollar, maybe dollar fifty on the product, right? And it's and it's screwing over the the, the worker here, where like no one can compete with that. Um, where Trump has it right is like saying that, listen, if you're an American company, you can't say you're Apple and you say you're American made and have all your have all your stuff made in China and then ship it back here and have no no import tax no, no nothing on that whatsoever you can't say yeah. that you can't do that and I, but i don't think that trump acknowledges bernie's view um, that like the worker needs to be treated well too but like that comes with a cost right that comes with the everything comes with a cost like bernie's the problem that bernie has he doesn't have any business acumen either right he's saying he's saying let's make minimum wage 15 dollars right I mean, you're gonna look at that, then the, the cost of the product's gonna increase, and why would why would a company pay fifteen dollars here when they can do it for five bucks in China? Like, you know, it's where's the, where's the balance there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no balance here, so like, there needs to be a balance of saying, hey, like, you treat your you, you treat your employees well. You need to you need to you know have certain respect for your employees. Uh, at the same time, you the the left needs to realize like it's a business, right? Not everything, not everything is out there to you know to make everyone just happy and hunky dory. Like people are taking with a business, people take risks to invest and create their businesses, and they deserve to reap the reward of that benefit. Um, human-centered capitalism is what Andrew Yang calls it. Again, like I do, I agree with all, some of this, his policies that um, he's laid forward. Not necessarily, no, but like at least I, again, I can appreciate that he's open-minded. He's getting the ball rolling, and right. like he, he, he's he's at least looking at some of these stats and saying, okay, like how do I, how do I look at some of these stats? It's it, again, like you can't say, like, Trump Trump is all about like GDP, GDP, like, unemployment. Okay, like look at let's look at some of these numbers behind that. Like the the life expectancy of an American has dropped every year since he like before the during the Obama uh, uh, presidency, but also during the Trump dropped a year every single year, right? The labor participation rate is you get you can say that unemployment's you know three percent, 
but when your labor participation is 67%, that's equal to things like San, like Salvador and Cuba. Like, I mean, how can you say your economy is doing well when the people, half the people are like a little bit less than half the people aren't working or people are dying? Like, you know, these are things to, to weigh that not, 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 not everything is, is money driven. Um, a lot of things are result driven. I think you need to appreciate that. Like, you know, people, it's it's a debate whether, like, you know, income inequality is important compared. I think, you know, my my idea, Ben Shapiro thinks that income inequality um, isn't an issue. I personally think it it is an issue because not necessarily the way that they're achieving the income inequality, but more so that your society is as good as the people that are invested into that society. Right. So, so if people are seeing that, wow, like all this wealth is just skyrocketing towards that one percent, you know, uh, and not saying that like there's much you can do about that. It's just it's just a thing I'm pointing out here. I don't have a solution for it. But why why would uh, uh why would you feel invested into into society then? When you see such a big big gap between the two, and it seems like the it's it's widening. Where like the one percent of these upper these rich people are living such a different lifestyle comparatively to maybe some of the lower brackets, you know, it's it's crazy how much Jeff Bezos, it's crazy how much Jeff Bezos has, it's insane. Yeah. And like again, is it is it immoral? Did he get his money immorally? I mean, no, I not he followed the law. Like he 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 did. We all benefit from Amazon. Everyone everyone I know benefits from Amazon. Everyone loves Amazon. So you my have, hand goes up. Yeah, you have you have to weigh that out, man. Like it's it's one of those things you have to weigh out and say like, okay, like when does it become an issue? How much you know? How much should people? What is a cap when people are not being invested into their society, right? The less right. people are invested into society, the less the, the more these numbers are coming out. The more people are getting addicted to opioids. You know, there's a reason for all these things happening. Um, these are just things that t- need to be addressed. And I think I think a politician that I th- Andrew Yang was a politician. I don't think he executed very well, but I think once politicians come out like that, more of like the, his style. I think he started. I think he started a ball rolling. Um, I think once more politicians come out like that, uh, I think you're gonna. I hope you see a shift in American politics. That's well. That's what as a, as someone who wants to go into politics, that's what kind of what I um, aspire to do. It's like, I really would love to talk to, I love talking to people on the, especially the opposite side. I love talking to people on the opposite side. And not in a debate format, because a debate format, you know, you're just trying to one-up points, one-up there. Right, more, right. More of like, okay, you believe this, I believe that. Where can we, what can we do? How can we like satisfy both sides enough here and still have the benefit of the American, um, to the American people? Because that's what the, all that matters at the end of the day. Is like how do how do the American people benefit? Not not us as politicians to get point scores, you know? Yeah, there's a lot that we as a as a nation have to work on, and you know, one of the things I wanted to leave on was it's to the point where a lot of things are getting lost in the sauce. I know people joke yeah. about that term, but it's true, man. There's a lot of work that we need to. To, uh, to do to get this economy back up from unemployment, being at an all-time low, um, and to, you know, just life in general, like, uh, life right now is just in shambles for everybody. And yeah. uh, hopefully with this election coming up, um, they can uh, start, uh, you know, 
put in policies that can benefit the American people. And one of the things you mentioned was Jeff Bez- uh, Bezos. Uh, this man, I, I remember, uh, it was like two months ago, he made like $10 billion in like one day. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a he benefited from the COVID. He benefited, like the stock has gone up since COVID. So he's been benefiting. Like people are all, all home, right? So they're all shopping online. Right. You know, you're going to see some type of spike. I mean, is that his fault? No, not really. Like people are benefiting from that. But um, it's funny. You see, you see these things in finance, particularly the finance world, where things get so big and no one, you know what? No one says anything at all till there's a large explosion, till there's a large default because people are so content with the benefit that they're getting right now, right? Not necessarily, not just the people who are the sh- like the shareholders of the company, but also the us as the consumer that benefits a lot from from some of these innovations. Like, we're, we're, I, I don't. The one thing I hate will hate like um, is like the is socialist and like not appreciative of like some of the innovations that have become from capitalism. That's one of my biggest pet peeves about socialism is that that you you're you're saying all these things after you've reaped the benefits of, of capitalism, right? You want to tax the 1%. Well, where did the 1% get a lot of their money? Because majority of wealth in this in this nation isn't passed down. The majority of this wealth is self-created in, the, in this nation, right? I think it's something like 75% of the, I have to look at the stat again, so don't, don't hold me to that stat. I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> majority, right? And then at the same time, we have to recognize that we're not a slave to capitalism. Capitalism is a tool. Right there, they, there's things that that in it that it's not necessarily perfect. I think it's the best system that's been developed so far. Um, but there is just issues that you should be able to reflect that these are its issues, right? Like like you said, like a corporation, right? Just be, you shouldn't have to be able to move from like the town you grew up in, from your parents' graves to like go live, go take a job, the only job that you can get in the middle of nowhere because that's the only job you can get from a corporation. Like that's not, you know how what. You have to protect your citizens, and that's not protecting your citizens at all. These are things that need to be addressed um, and answered for, right? These are things yeah. that that if that if that means if that means slowing down companies' growth by a little bit, if that means like halting innovation to some degree, right? And you again, you would have you have it's scenario based, so I'm not just going to say like that's okay. But if you showed me the benefit of that, one one of the one of the things that I, I keep the rambling on about it, but one of the things that they're saying is the technology is increasing. So, um, like truck driving, for example, truck driving is like one of the is the I think the single highest job that men get after graduating high school that don't go for their college degrees. And you're talking, you're seeing like things like Tesla, seeing like things like Amazon getting these, these self-driving trucks and cars that would displace all these Americans in such a short amount of time, you know, that would be catastrophic towards for the, you know, for the economy. Uh, I would be awful for the economy. And like, but capitalism sounds like that's okay. Innovation is good. And like these people will find jobs. Like it's like, no, like we're, these are robots. We're not slaves to the robots. Robots actually like we can look at these things objectively and say like maybe the, the not history doesn't answer for everything. Sometimes you need to like act and create your own precedent here. Um, these are just things to think about. And, you know, people have to stop living in the past. People have to start thinking about things new. Not everything can be answered from history. Things can, but not all things can. Uh, people need to learn again. People need to learn from this COVID epidemic. What can we have done to make it better? Maybe there's again 
as a as a someone who leans more a little more right, I could I'll hundred percent go against the Republican crowd saying globalism in this case is very important because if if people had been way more if China had been more open minded about it. If if other countries have been open about what they're doing and like maybe there's a set procedure about okay these are the procedures that are need to be followed once there's um, some type of pandemic release or anything maybe it wouldn't be in the be in the situation right and hindsight again hindsight's 2020 they things need to like you can't blame people we we didn't have that we didn't have the facts now we do so what are we going to do with the facts that we have now I think that's the most important thing that's the most underlying thing um, that any politician needs to have. These are the facts that we've learned. These are the things I've chosen to do. I can acknowledge these things that are either good or bad. What can we do to make them better? I'll leave it at that. Absolutely, man. There's a, there's a lot more that we, uh, we're definitely going to discuss in a late episode. And I'm glad I was able to have you on and I'm looking yeah, forward man, to the next one. Me on. I can love to talk to you more anytime you want. Yeah, absolutely, man. $5,000 coming my way, right? <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, no problem, man. Take it easy. Thank you. Me too. All right, man.